Hey, it's us again. Welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Baseball Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. This is episode 70. Drew, I've got I've got a different backdrop working. I've been moved. My office has been moved again. Um, oh. So if you, if you hear some commotion, um, that's my wife and my mother-in-law in the uh, other part of the house trying to, to final stages of prep. Um, she's got my wife's got her, I guess, last appointment today because her due date is Saturday. So as of right now, we still only have one child. Um, who knows what things look like by the end of the day? Because Jack was born. She went into they induced her at, after her last appointment. because they're like, yeah, you're having contractions. Uh, so she ended up not going home. So it's possible that happens again today. So uh, I've been moved to a uh, another office. Um in our master bedroom, but uh, hanging in there. And uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a rare day for us when we're not at a field, especially for you. So yet, yet, uh, yes, I will, the day as, as soon so as we're done. Make, yeah. I'll be there. You're done. You're, you're taking off. So how, how are things going for you? Um, are we, we're almost through our first five tool June. Uh, it's flying by. Um, it's uh, our heads are spinning, but I think we're, we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's very much a day-to-day lifestyle right now. Uh Um, You know, just usually just wake up, I drop my son off and then on the way to Melissa. So um, that's typically what most days are like. And, you know, you may not know what event it is, but if you show up at Melissa, there's going to be baseball going on. So um, that's kind of how it goes so far. Um, But, you know, we were both lucky enough to watch a bunch of the, uh, a bunch of the Pudge World Series last week. And that was, you know, that was an incredible event. I mean, the, the amount of talent that was out there, the amount of coaches that were out there watching, um, it was it was a great event. And it was really exciting to be a part of and um, just something that we get to do. And, you know, we're starting up the Bregman today. So it'll be another, another week of just insane talent in the same place, you know, playing for a championship. Yeah, and, and to put this to kind of paint a picture for listeners. So at Melissa, we have events at the, uh, the Zplex, the, which is an amazing sports facility. They got everything there. Baseball fields. They've got tennis courts. They've got uh, a sports bar. They, uh, they got a football field. I mean, it is phenomenal, but when one of these big events is going, Oftentimes, the first couple of days of the event, there's games going constantly on how many fields are there? Four? Yep. Uh, four fields have games going constantly from 9 a.m. to about 9 p.m. So, you like for us, we're kind of making the rounds. We're getting eyes on as many games as possible. We're kind of being pulled towards, you know, the, the maybe the more talented. Uh, matchups and that sort of thing. Really, uh, pitching dictates a lot of what we do. You know, if, right. if you know a good arm is throwing, you're going to sit on that game for a little bit. So when we go through and talk about a lot of these teams and a lot of these players, um, A, we're not going to be able to mention everybody because then it would turn into about a three-hour podcast. And I think Allison would probably – she'd probably leave. She'd probably never work for the <laughs> podcast again if we if we sent her about 100 and 58 names to tag and, and things like that on, on Twitter and Instagram. So um, if you don't get mentioned, don't, don't feel bad. I'm actually in the middle of typing up a ton of scout notes, which are going to be, I think over 10,000 words of stuff from this event, because like you said, there is so much good baseball and so many good teams. We had 48 teams, 
from the uh, 16 year younger division, which we'll get to, we'll get to the younger part of that equation. Uh, but just to kind of put in perspective, we catch parts of games as we're kind of walking around and, and checking in on what's going on. And okay, there's an entertaining game over here between a good matchup and so on and so forth. So um, it's rare that we sit at one game for the entire part of that game. We're really bouncing around on things like that. So we'll see at bats. We'll mark guys down. I've got my, um, my yellow legal pad uh, where I take all my notes as I go around from field to field and stuff like that. So just to kind of give people some perspective of like, uh, it's like a high school game where we'll just sit at one high school game and, and really bear down in the game, really bounce around and stuff like that. So um, with that, with, with, with that being said, um, we'll dive into, uh, we'll, I guess we'll couple start things. With, yeah, a couple we'll of things. Yeah. Start with the top dogs. So do you remember? Oh, perfect segue. Thank you. Do you remember, do you, do you remember the, the phrase that my dog ate my homework? Yes. So I can literally say that right now, because if you, for the people that are watching, oh, you can wow. see that my dog ate part of my notes from the last dog night. took a bite out of the scout book, man. Yeah. Yeah. He was not, I guess UB Texas Bushart did something to him. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So, so I, I lost about half of four teams on my notes. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, a couple other things to note, you know, you left off one of the most important things about Melissa, um, the dugout, we got a sports bar and walking distance that you actually got to stay in. Yeah. With man, the apartment. It's, it's a yeah. It's super nice. Yeah. So every time I go in the dugout, that place is busy. Like everyone, I think in between games heads over there, the food's good. It's a good place to sit down and relax in between games and be in the air conditioning. Um, if, if nothing else, um, but yeah, it's a great facility. Um, you know, I learned, learned from a couple of the, uh, Melissa veterans last week, some of the college coaches that were in attendance. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the game, Craig Perry from, uh, from Abilene Christian was there and he has a perch on the main field where if you're up there, you can watch legitimately see three games going on at a time. Wow. So, yeah, but it, you know, like you said, if, if you're not careful, um, with the amount of good games and talent going on, like it, your head can be spinning if you don't mm -hmm. sit down and really prioritize things because, you know, it, it's just like, it's, it's like being in a sports bar watching all the televisions, like which one are you going to watch? Right. Um, so, you know, like you said, we're, we're definitely going to miss some stuff just because we're human. Um, and there's so much talent being, um, uh, that are, that's present in this, in these tournaments that, we have to really prioritize and try to see guys that we're not going to have a chance to see other times or, you know, factor it around the pitching matchups, like you said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we aren't going to see everything at these events, but that's another place where Jeff and his crew comes in huge for us. Um, you oh, know, yeah. We can always revert back to the video. Our guys that are doing video and game changer do such a good job and it allows us to go back and compare what we saw with the stats and the video and, just kind of match up and make sure that we're, we're seeing what we thought we saw. Um, and, and that too can help us make decisions as the tournament goes to figure out who's doing well, who do we need to see, who's already thrown, who hasn't, and try to prioritize things the right way, because we want to try to get to see as many of these guys as we can and get eyes on them. And, you know, at an event like this that has so many good ones and so many good teams, it, it can be a tough challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and eventually when we start, the process of, of doing our 2024 list. I mean, this is a really valuable event to have 
um, been at and, and consumed as much as that top talent as possible. And, and like you said, you know, seeing guys that, you know, maybe this is the only summer look we get at these guys, or, or maybe it's, it's, they're kind of tougher to get to in high school and things like that. So, um, but I mentioned, I mean, it, it was a 16 U 2024 class event, but the team that won the event was sticks 2025 scout and hats off to those guys. Very competitive, very mature, great roster top to bottom. Um, I know college coaches probably haven't spent a ton of time on the 2025 class yet, but um, I know they had some eyes on this group and, and rightfully so because a bunch of really standout performances in, I, I think that you've got to start with two of their arms, uh, the tournament MVP, Jackson Rickert, uh, and then the most outstanding pitcher, Marcos Paz, both big time standout guys. Um, Rickert finished with 14 strikeouts and just one walk across 11 innings. Guys really struggled to see his slider. Uh, it's just the way it came out of the hand, the slot. It, it just guys just couldn't put a bat on it. Uh, got a lot of whiffs. Um, fastball played up. Um, athletic guy, a lot of flexibility in the shoulder, quick arm. Um and he, he just pounded the strike zone, but uh, I know you, you have known about pause and mentioned him to yeah. me. Um, yeah. So we, I, I made sure to go over there and get some, a look at him, but uh, what'd you see from him? Because it looked like he, it looked like he was definitely uh, as advertised uh, at this event. Well, a couple of things, you know, I, going back to Rickard, I really like his older brother. Um, I saw his older brother throw against Heath in the, in the playoffs. And I was mm -hmm. really impressed with him. So when I saw that name, I know he played for the sticks when I saw that name, I, you know, assumed that that was his brother and sure enough it is. And they, they're very similar. Um, same type of build, uh, same type of stuff. His older brother, JJ is a power arm. I, I really like his brother, but, uh, Jackson just pounded the zone, um, and just attacked, you know, and just kept throwing it in there. And, you know, when you're playing against wood, you know, make guys beat you. Mm -hmm. You know, and and going back to the spring, that's what I really liked about pause. You know, I saw him get hit a little bit in a scrimmage against Prosper. But the thing was, is that I was really impressed because he just kept coming. You know, he he wasn't a guy that got hit a little bit and stopped throwing the fastball. He just kept throwing it in there. Uh, no emotion on the mound. And man, like with the body, I mean, that's what you're supposed to look like. Like that's the prototype when, when you're like 17, like, you know, like, like he's, he's got some projection still, but like, you yeah. wouldn't know that he's a 2025. Right. You think, oh, okay, what's this 2023 guy doing here at this uh, 16 U event? Right. Well, you know, he threw the complete game shutout in this first outing and then started the championship and, you know, he, his, his outing in the championship wasn't as clean as his shutout uh, as his complete game shutout was, but man, like he just kept coming. Like he just mm -hmm. kept attacking, um, you, you, he doesn't get rattled. There's, there's not much emotion out there. He just keeps going about his job. And it's really impressive just for a guy that age, because you don't see that a lot, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially against playing a, as talented of a team as Lone Star was in the finals. And, um, you know, it, it, in a lineup like that, you can get sped up pretty easily. Same yeah. with when I saw him in the scrimmage against Prosper, but man, he's always in control. Um, there's a lot, a lot there already, and there's a lot more in the tank, which is what's so exciting about a guy like him. I mean, like, like we've said, physically, he's, he looks the part already. Mm -hmm. He looks like a rotation guy in the sec right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he just, he continues to pound the zone. 
And, you know, if, if he doesn't change that, I mean, he's, he's going to be a guy that's on every list that's out there. Um, and you know, the, the other, one of the other things that stuck out to me, um, about the stick scout team, the 25 group was that they're insanely talented clearly, um, to be able to keep their head above water in a tournament like this. Um, but if you look at the stats, they're not going to blow you away like some other teams that put up just some monster numbers. But, you know, to me, that just spoke about how well they play the game and how much of team baseball they play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really fun and refreshing to watch them because they got outs on time. They played hard. They ran the base as well. Um, they were never rattled. You know, like we said, you know, playing with house money, going up against older guys like this, but that's not always the result. And the, the fact that they were able to get down in that championship game, um, come back and win said a lot to me. They also had a big lead uh, earlier in the tournament and blew it and lost the one game that they lost. And they did against uh, Doolins. They just came back and, you know, went back to work and beat them. So th- they had a mature group. I know, um, the coaching staff of that team with Omar Turner as the head coach. I mean, they just, they do a really good job. They, they play the game right. And it's fun to watch. Um, but a couple other names on that group, uh, Carter Rutenbar for the Midlothian heritage, um, Hudson Knight, the shortstop, um, uh, Caden Mitchell. I mean, it's just Caden Mitchell the, had a really all around strong tournament and made a couple of standout plays at, well, at third base, swung the bat. Well, I mean, he's, he's a player. Well, you, t- you talk about a guy that um, that has a lot of talent and, you know, might even be considered a little raw, but he still plays the game like a baseball player. Mm-hmm. It's not just raw talent. That's that's an athlete. The guy's a baseball player, but he's still raw because there's so much more in there. Um, and I mean that as a compliment because he the sky's the limit for that guy. I mean, I think he could play a number of positions. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing at the plate. It's not just. Uh, you know, take a huge hack because I'm really strong and big for my age. It's there's a, there's a plan there and you can tell that they're, they're well coached across the board. And um, you said there, there's just so many guys on that team that are worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a fun group. And, and, and that group normally has Matthew Botton too. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not with them right now, but man, I mean, I just really impressed by that group and yeah. they're really fun to watch over the weekend. Yeah, you mentioned the wood bats. Um, this sort of event with the wood bat kind of separates, you know, who has bat speed and and who just isn't physical or strong enough in the bats kind of swinging them. But uh, pause. I remember like the first two innings, he broke multiple bats. Like it yeah. just heavy fastballs up to ninety miles yep. an hour. Um, the slider was hard. It was a weapon, swinging this weapon, and he had enough of a changeup feel that you can project that comfortably as a third pitch. Uh, a couple other guys from that team, Braxton Van Cleve, really swung the bat well. Seven walks and just two strikeouts for a young player is impressive. Um, you know, had a couple doubles as well. I think that he's going to be your kind of your prototypical corner infield potential gap-to-gap uh, home run type power bat. And then speaking of power, Brady Janusik hit a yeah. ball that one of the farthest balls we've seen hit at that field uh, in the championship game. Just an absolute tank. Uh, it was left field. That, that made it that might have been the farthest ball hit this this weekend i, I think mean it, it definitely was. was the farthest ball that i saw like, yeah we'll know, talk he, about a guy we'll talk about a guy coming up that had a bunch of them but yeah that's i haven't i haven't seen many balls hit hit that far and then jj Idrago, who i really like just athletic flew around the field um got some twitch to him 
But uh, yeah, it's a, if you haven't well, figured it out yet, this was a this was a really good team with a lot of good players. It Drago reminds me of Aaron Rowan. Um, okay, just just kind of a a physical presence guy that can really run and plays really hard. Um, I think he had some more than eight RBIs, if I'm not mistaken. I but, think you're right. I mean, he just he's just one of the guys that um, just always in the middle of stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff happened when he was up to the plate. Um, and he's just a, he's a plus athlete from the home of, uh, Patrick Mahomes out of okay. White House. Texas, White House. You've talked, you've I got talked a, them up. They got some guys yep. coming through there. Yeah. I got a good look at him in early in the spring and he definitely stuck out to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, you know, going back to root and bar, um, from what we heard, he had a little bit banged up with the hand, but as the week wore on, he started to swing the bat, um, had some, had a couple big hits on the championship day um between the semifinals and the finals but got to catch some and i know he's highly thought of and uh sought after by college coaches already um but he's going to be a guy that's going to be really exciting to watch over the next couple of years too yeah the swing looks like it's going to translate from from the left side he, he's got a chance to be a an all-around um really impressive catching prospect so uh, you mentioned uh, Lone Star Sanders. That's who they knocked off. That's who Sticks 2025 Scout knocked off in the in the championship game. Uh, Matt Scott, um, <laughs> 2024, a Klein Oak outfielder committed to OU, ended up hitting five homers, uh, finished with a 1.595 OPS um, in the event. And uh, just, you know, it wasn't always easy to hit the ball in the air those early first days with the, the way the wind was playing. How many times did we see right fielders? I even saw a center fielder charge a hard line drive and throw out a guy at first base. That just kind of gives you an idea of how the, the, the uh, conditions were playing. But uh, Scott ended up blasting five homers. Uh, he's got some loud hitting tools. He's gotten noticeably more physical since I saw him last summer. Um, the hands, I mean, he's, you know, when you, when you hit, you know, you want to use the hands last and he's one of those guys that has a pretty natural ability to, okay, it's, it's rotation, it's rotation. Here come the hands. Um, and he really threw the barrel at the ball and ended up, um, having a very, very loud, um, Pudge world classic, uh, hitting in the middle of that, that Sanders lineup. But, um, we knew that they were going to be good. We knew that, that they had a chance to win the whole thing. Cause it's a really talented roster, um, you know, guys like, um, you know, Casey Cunningham, um, you know, Trey Craig is a guy that we noted um, actually was hitting at the bottom hits, of their lineup. He, he led off. He led off most of the time. Oh, he did. Um, yeah. The and, game I man, saw, he was hitting ninth, And I was like that. Yeah. But that just kind of speaks he, to how loaded their lineup is. But man, the ball flew off his bat. He hits the ball really, really hard. And he's always on base, always on base. He had a good tournament. Um, I was really impressed with him. Um, like you said, there's, there's athletes up and down that lineup. Obviously yeah. AJ DePaulo was our most valuable catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you know what I like about him is like, he just caught all the time and like he caught back to back games. That's tough. How um, many games do they play eight? That's a lot of games eight, to catch up eight, eight or nine. I know, I know Cam Cluett caught some games. Um, but he was, you know, he's a worker, man. He gets yeah. back there and goes to work and is super athletic behind the plate. Um, if you're on base with him catching, um, you really need to have your head on a swivel because if you're far enough off, he's going to come at you. Um, yeah. And from different angles, he's got the no look throw down. He can throw from his knees. 
Um, really impressive player. Uh, the tools are all there for the Vanderbilt commit um, from Prestonwood, and and he's he he's going to be a force over the next couple of years. And, yeah. And he was kind of a runaway no brainer for that um, most valuable catcher award. Yeah. And, and what do we always say too? Like you stand out if you play hard and playing hard includes getting down the line and the games I saw, I mean, he was four, two down the line. in one of the games that I saw I, it's, it's hot. It was 95 degrees. The turf, it's a little hotter and you stand out if you get down the line and you're running things out and you stand out negatively. If, if you don't, um, you know, there are a couple of guys that I saw that didn't get down the line, like at all. So um, to be a catcher and catching through that those conditions and still getting down the la- the line like that, um, I think he's got a chance. You know, it's with these young catchers, there's so much skill still to be gained with reps and, and working with pitchers and receiving the baseball and stuff like that. But um, he certainly looks like a guy that's that's worth betting on. Um, but yeah, uh, I got to see Casey Cunningham play some shortstop. You know, he uh, his high school team is loaded with some older guys in the middle infield. Um, so when I saw him, he was he was playing some outfield late in the season. But um, I think he's got a chance there to to potentially stick in the middle of the diamond, uh, maybe even perhaps at shortstop as the skill continues there. Uh, and then a couple guys in the mound for them. Blaze Milam threw well. Um, Christopher Perez was a guy that that kind of caught my attention too. Fastball played up, was up to eighty seven. Um, curveball got some swings and misses. Uh, I didn't see Chance Covert pitch, but I've seen him a bunch at West. Like we know how how um, you know what kind of intriguing left hand arm he is. But um, a really strong tournament by these guys, unsurprisingly, because uh, we know. I mean, with with the kind of roster that they have, they're going to be able to compete with with anybody, um, not just in Texas, but even nationally as well. Well, yeah, and another thing, you know, going back to Cunningham, um, this is something that you know I know we've beaten it to like a dead horse. Um, over the course of all 70 of our podcasts. But, you know, like one thing that I don't think that enough kids understand is that when they're, when you're in an event like this, um, the stuff, you know, like you said, coaches pop in and out. It's not just mm-hmm. us seeing bits and pieces of games. Um, the coaches are in the same boat because they're bouncing around too. And, you know, it, it, it's not, I mean, obviously stuff like a home run stands out or, you know, big numbers stand out. But just the little things are things that I tend to notice a lot of times. Like we know Case and Cunningham can play mm-hmm. like the guy's a machine. Like he's, he's electric on the field. Um, and that was my first time to see him in person. And probably my biggest takeaway on him was he got picked off and then he gets in a rundown. He ultimately he got out, but just watching his feet work in a mm-hmm. rundown, like, it was electric and, and like you can see those feet moving and think about how it translate to another, you know, another spot on the field, like, you know, this footwork around the base at second and it's stuff like that. Like it's why we always say you need to play hard all the time. Just assume that every at bat is the only at bat, the coach that you want to impress sees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so get down the line, get down mm-hmm. the line on ground balls, run out fly balls, that stuff sticks out. And you know, we we're lucky enough to get to sit there with a bunch of these college coaches from some really good programs across the state and across the country. And I think people would be very surprised about what they look for and mm-hmm. what they tend to notice in these things. Um, and you're really missing an opportunity if you if you take plays off and don't play hard. That's, you know, going back to DePaulo, that's that was impressive to me. Just the fact that he caught both 
both games of a doubleheader. I mean, mm-hmm. that says something for a game in, in June. Um, you know, they were playing for something at the time, but you can tell that, like, I, I would imagine that if Josh tried to take him out, Josh Sanders, the coach, if Josh tried to take him out, he would say no. And and he wanted to get in there and compete. And that, that's the kind of stuff that 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 shows up and and sticks with coaches when they watch him play, because if they watch you play enough games like they're going to see you get out, they're going to see mm-hmm. a strikeout, they're mm-hmm. going to see you fly yeah. out, they're going to see a ground out, they're going to see you get hits. But going back to, you know, seeing you always present or always playing hard, like that's going to be the thing that sticks in their mind a lot. And I just want to make sure that kids really understand that because it's so true. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you ask coaches about certain players, the the first thing out of their mouth is, did you see that triple? It's, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't play that hard or he plays really hard, you know? And so you want to be a guy that that's how you're thought of and you can control that which is not always the case in our sport. Yep. Yeah. I was sitting beside a coach who was, you know, watching a game and he had one of his commitments out there. And the first thing he mentioned was, man, this guy's a ball player. Like he's just yeah. really competitive and fiery and gets after it. I mean, those, those are the types of things that stick out. And, and like, if, if you're a player, take every opportunity you have to show your tools, got a strong arm, sh- like let it rip. Like, can you run? Get down the line. Get down the line every single time. That might be the only time a college coach can get a run time for you is, yep. is uh, some opportunity when you ground out. Get down the line. I mean, you know, just, just, just take every opportunity you've got to just show your talent level and your skill level and all those sorts of things. Because, yeah, it's, you know, those are the types of things that stick with coaches when they're, they're taking notes and they're jotting stuff down and they're thinking, you know, back to the stuff that they watch. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. I mean, he played really hard. Like, coach liked him. I mean, he put the ball in play, made things happen. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we, there were a couple of catchers that, that stood out in that regards. Like, man, I know you guys have caught a ton of innings, and there you are bouncing around with a lot of energy and helping out your pitches and pitchers and getting down the line and stuff like that. So. A really good point for sure. Um, one of the other teams that made it deep into the tournament, the Texas 12, 2024 Maroon. Uh, I was really excited to watch this guy because I, I, uh, I spent a cu- um, some time down at the 12 scout day a couple of weeks ago um, while I was down in Houston at, at one of our Houston regional events in uh, Isaiah Castaneda, uh, who they call Izzy. Man, is he talented. Um, hitting really, really stood out. I ended up hitting 474, 635, 79, just a lot of the way the hands work naturally. I mean, he was getting to stuff in her half. He was getting the stuff down. He was getting the stuff velocity, spraying liners around the field. Doesn't try to do too much in the batter's box. Great looking kid physically. I think he's about six foot two, loose athlete. Um, he was four, four on the turn on a double. Just seems like a, a an athletic guy, but just the game's, kind of comes naturally to him. Um, and there's a lot of projection there. And um, I, he swung the bat as about as well as anybody um, in that event. Just a major standout uh, for the 12 Maroon squad. Caden Miller was a guy that kind of caught my eye as well. Left-handed hit at first baseman. Had a very productive um, event at, at the at the plate. It always sticks out with me when you see these younger players that wa- are walking more than they strike out in these events. I mean, it just kind of shows you the pitch recognition, the ability to make contact and that sort of thing. Um, so he caught my attention as well. Marcos Gonzalez. I mean, when I watched Sinton, he hit leadoff uh, he's a, as a sophomore. So that's a pretty loud statement uh, to be hitting in that position for that lineup because we know how good it is. Uh, he ended up having a strong event as well, hit a home run. He's really going to fill out. I mean, he's a, 
uh, especially through the upper half, you can tell that he hasn't hit that growth spurt. A lot of these guys haven't, but it's really obvious with some that they just haven't really added that, that muscle, that strength, that feeling out that's going to come. But uh, I know JD Crisp is a guy I think that caught your attention. Uh, he's got some tools for sure. You, you, you don't see many true switch hitters that can do it with the bat. Yeah. He, he hit, he blasted a ball off the top of the wall and went at bat. And you're like, it was just one of those swings and just watching him, um, watching him run around the bases. It was just like, man, there it is. <laughs> if yeah. you've never seen him, if you'd never seen him and that was your first exposure to him, like it was for me. I mean, I, I know all about him just from, you know, the legend of JD crisp on the internet and listening to coaches talk about him, but it's always fun when you hear about these guys and then you see him. And it's like, yep, there you go. That's that's JD. Um, and and I mean, you could live off of that one pitch and that ball that he smoked like for a while in your yeah. mind as your image of him and just dream on what he can be. Uh, but you know, he's he's a special, special player, special, special talent. Um, a couple other guys for them for me, Trace Meadows um is a really, really good athlete. Um, I like the way he plays. He reminds me of some of the older guy, like a kind of like a Sam Meadows, um, Sam Myers, Sam Myers. I'm talking about Trace Meadows, but Sam Myers on the older 12 team, just a guy yeah. that plays hard, really athletic looking. Um, but he's impressive. Um, you know, there's there's some more guys as I fumble through my dog eating notes um, to try <laughs> to get get to the 12. There we go. Uh, Braylon Payne. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super, super athletic um can really really run um he reminds me a little bit of Kendall George um just the way he moves um I don't know if he's straight out straight up as fast as as Kendall um not many people are he, right that, that's no there's no shame in saying that you you're not as fast as Usain Bolt either um but yeah Nolan Traeger um, he stands out and he's got some bat speed. He's got some bat speed for sure from the left side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Just another loaded 12 team, you know, that, that their 23 group, uh, went up and, um, went up to carry and won that event up there. And I mean, they just, they weren't even challenged. I asked, you know, Braden Randall's, um, Braden Randall's playing with those guys this summer. And I was asking him, was like, well, how was it? And he was like, man, like, we're ridiculous. You know, myself, Jack Bell, Drew Markle and uh, Blake Brown just rotated second, short, third outfield. And I was like, all right, well, rank them for me. He was like, well, I mean, like pretty much all of them are 10 of 10. I said, that's not what I'm asking you. Rank them for me, like one, two, three, four. And he like, he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, he was like, I, I just, that's, you know, splitting hairs basically because all those guys are so good. And that, you know, and this is just another, uh, another 12 team in a long line that produces just ridiculous talent and plays the game the right way. And, you know, Zach Dillon, Trevor Moat and uh, Kevin Hodge, they just, they just do such a good job putting together teams and making sure they play the right way. Yeah. Braylon Payne, just one strikeout the entire event. Um, that's, that's pretty impressive for a guy hitting at the top of your order. I can play some center field for you as well. And um, I mentioned Sinton earlier, Aiden Moody, uh, I, I, it sounded like he didn't have a ton of experience on the mound, but he got out there really physical right-hander ended up throwing six and two thirds innings. Didn't give up a run, struck out 11 guys, uh, moved the fastball around to both sides of the plate up to 85 miles an hour. The curveball was sharp, had some bite to it. 
Uh, he's got a chance on the mound. I know he's he's a two way guy um, that swings to bat some as well. But um, I think Adrian Alaniz is going to be really thrilled uh, with the progress that he's he's showing on the mound this summer. Um, and speaking of the mound, like I didn't even know, I don't know if I, Isaiah Castaneda like how much he pitched before um, getting out to this event, but he ended up throwing I think eight shutout innings. I mean, that's, that's just pretty incredible to get out there and just start firing strikes, even though you've not really done it before. So um, a really, really fun group to watch. It's going to be fun to follow their progress, not just this season, uh, but long term as well. A lot of really exciting players. But, yeah, guys like J.D. Crisp and, and Brilliant Payne and, and, you know, those guys are worth the uh, Isaiah Castaneda. Those guys are worth the price of admission uh, for sure. And uh, speaking of that, this team. Um, that also made a really, really deep run, really bounced back. I know they were frustrated after losing the opening game. Uh, bounced back, had a great event, was the uh, five-star performance 2024 National. Um, I've got to admit, man, I had some major FOMO with this group because um, I was up there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, you know, the schedule kind of dies down uh, as the bracket gets deeper um, Friday and Saturday, but um, you got to see – you get to see the big dogs on the mound uh, for five-star performance national. And I, I had some FOMO missing out on, on, on those guys for sure. Sounds like they uh, sounds like they arrived as advertised for this event. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of these guys already and all they did was kind of further make their impression for me. Um, Aiden Sims is a dude like yeah, chance. There's just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, we know what he is on the mound, but like, I don't know. I mean, I think probably most people that have played against him know, um, but I'm not sure that everyone realizes how good of a hitter he is. Um, I get it prior to this. I, I, I didn't even really know that was a big part of his game. Yeah. Well, if we, we all remember him hitting the home run um, yeah. against uh, Lone Star to win the playoff game. Um, we seen him pitch. And I watched him hit with Wood, and I'm not so sure he wouldn't be a top prospect as a hitter, too. And you can say the same for Texas commit Matt Millett. Um, that guy is a two-way stud also. Um, you know, Linty and Chris Edelstein just do such a good job with that group. Um, you know, a couple of guys that I've seen already that um, continue to just play well and progress for me or uh, TCU commit shortstop from um, Hallsville Sawyer Dunnigan. Um, he did well. Uh, let's see. Lug Lovett Cooper, two-way guy, Timothy Haynes. Um, look up his offensive stats. If you haven't pulled up. He oh, also, yeah. I'm pre pretty sure didn't give up a run either. He did not. Um, That's good memory. Yeah. Um, so standout performance from those guys. Um, We've got Jake Overstreet, the Rockwall catcher, who's very versatile player. He got on the mound uh, some this weekend, caught, hit well. I think he, at one point he was hitting – going into the last game, I think he was hitting 375, um, played some outfield. He's just an athletic baseball player. Um, his dad was one of our football coaches when I was in high school at Rockwall. But um, Heath outfielder Drew Smith, um, he is extremely athletic. Uh, yeah, can really, can really, really run. run. Mm -hmm. He's a wide receiver in football. Um, he was a young guy that really showed up late in the season and really performed in some big moments for Heath as they made their way back down to Round Rock. Um, another Heath guy, uh, Jack Sharp. That was my first time to see him pitch. And he threw a 
complete game, no earned runs, uh, which he actually got the loss in when he gave up one hit and they actually scored their only run on a pass ball, third strike, but so a tough luck loss for Jack. But um, I mean, he's, I mean, you saw it and you tweeted, you or you texted me after you oh, saw yeah, the tweets about him. Um, just really excited about him. Yeah. 11 strikeouts, but I mean, it was a quick loose arm. It's, it's, it's one of those arms you can really dream on. Um, but yeah, I remember texting you. I was like, man, this, <laughs> this guy looks like a, a major dude, but yeah, this was, this was not a fun team for, for opposing batters because I haven't looked at everybody's stats, but I've looked at a lot of them and um, team ERA is 1.964 and they had 57 strikeouts and 46 in the third inning. And uh, they had some dudes, man. Um, you know, Harrison wall was the guy that caught my eye, just um, physical right-handed hitter had a really productive um, productive tournament at the plate and then uh, Zeke Sayon as well um, kind of yeah. caught my eye defensively yeah defensively and offensively for what he was doing kind of flying around the field athletically but really really fun team to watch um, they get after it and now it kind of makes sense now like with Aiden Sims because five star is their team hair they got some hair on that team uh, they got they got some good looking hair Aiden Sims really fits that work well because we know he's team hair but um, just a really, really fun group to watch. And, uh, yeah, I definitely had some FOMO missing out on, uh, on, uh, on Sims and Millet on the mound, but, uh, I definitely saw my fair share of really talented players uh, when I tuned into this group, but, uh, just really strong performances. Yeah, I know, you know, there. that, that's a group that has, um, we've done some of the S2 testing with that, with that program. I know Linty and Chris Edelstein are big believers in it. And Chris is a really, really well-known hitting guy. Um, he played at Texas, um, played at Trinity Christian in high school and just one of the, one of the better hitting minds in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, he's very experienced. Um, you know, he's, it's refreshing because he's going to be completely honest about his guys. Um, and that, you know, I know from the coaching side of it, schools appreciate that kind of stuff and it, it makes them buy into what, um, what he's telling them down the road, you know, cause you're going to get an honest assessment and, I think he coaches like that too. Um, but, but he's a guy that always tries to find ways to get an edge um, to really be creative for his guys and, uh, and puts them through some, you know, we've had, a, when I was at Texas, we had multiple guys that hit for him. Cameron Rupp um, was the, was one of the main ones, but he's got a long line of hitters, uh, Billy McKinney um, that, that have played for him and first those round guys pick. Do, yeah, those guys just do a good job. But, you know, we, we keep running across organizations that do it the right way and and play in our events that, um, you know, just it's fun to watch their teams play because it's it's a lot different than some of the baseball that you see out there where it's just not done the right way, so to speak. But um, yeah, but they're they were fun to watch, man. They hit the ball hard. They hit the ball yes. as hard as any team um as i saw this past weekend i mean like millet smoked some balls he almost killed the pitcher on a ball um luckily for the pitcher he didn't have time to react because i think if he did he might have gotten might have lost some teeth but um yeah i mean timothy haynes like we said he crushed some balls zeke sion like you mentioned um but yeah they were they were they were impressive bunch to watch too and you know, they just ended up um, getting beaten by the Sticks 25 team in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and another impressive team to watch and, and one that, you know, we really appreciate these guys getting out to our events just because they're so much fun to be around. The way they play the game, they bring such an energetic and competitive joy uh, with them as the Hawaii Elite 2G team. And uh, they were they were in a tough Rangers bracket because them and Lone Star Sanders uh, matched up in that bracket championship there. But um, Cohen Goes right-handed hitter I don't know if there's a better hitter in the event than this guy he was awesome uh didn't strike out a single time and he's got some bat speed from the right side really hammered the ball around uh finished with a 1.861 OPS that's uh my my calculator says that's pretty good but just a really standout consistently impressive performance uh by him definitely one of my favorite hitters to watch and I feel like it's a requirement for the Hawaii 2G teams to have a really good catcher uh, yep. because Isaiah Chavez, um, really good catcher. Is that, uh, is that what we're going with? I, well, Chavez? yeah, I, Chavs, Chavez, uh, we, we should have asked, we should have asked a Hawaii consultant, um, five tool Hawaii himself, Jeff Kahn to get the proper, uh, uh, pronunciation on there. But, um, the kid can play. Uh, it, the pop times were like 1.97 to 2.02, 2.05. Uh, he moved well behind there. Quick transfer. Uh, he hit was productive. Bomb. Yeah, hit a bomb, was productive with the bat as well. Just a really interesting all-around talent. And this team was physical too. You know, that five-star oh, yeah. team was really physical. Hawaii team had some big guys and, and, and not just like – big maxed out guys a lot of tall lean guys that really project a lot of other physical guys that have some projection as well uh, I, I I didn't get to see them play as much as I would have liked uh, but from the the looks I saw uh, if you're a major d1 program uh, obviously in Hawaii but on the Pacific Northwest figure out a way to go spend some time watching these guys because there are some d1 prospects up and down this entire lineup. Uh, really interesting players. And I appreciate, too, the way they coach. I mean, they get a lot of guys in there. They move guys around. They get a lot of guys at bats. They really use their roster. And it seems like, you know, that team has a lot of really good camaraderie about it. Um, you know, they they don't they don't mind smack talk, but they smack talk each other, like in a really funny kind of, uh, you know, like friendly kind of way. Um, you, yeah, like, you, you will never doubt their energy. Right. Like, no, when they're in the, when they're in the park, you know they're playing. You know because they're, they're into the game. Yeah. And it's it's nothing it's nothing over the top. Like they just enjoy playing the game, and it's uh -huh. fun to watch. Um, you can tell they definitely appreciate coming over and playing some good competition. Um, but man, they, yeah, they they are fun to watch. They they really get after it, and uh, they had some really intriguing arms. Mm -hmm. Really intriguing arms. Um, Kaime. Kahali, Kahalikai, Kali, Kaimi Kahalikai is what I'm going to go with. Um, yeah. The big right-handed pitcher, very projectable. Um, but yeah, man, they, they were physical. Like they, they weren't what I was expecting physically from a team from Hawaii at that age. Um, but man, they were, they were impressive. I, they were I, bigger I really than their 17 U team was last year. You know, yeah. they, those guys, they, yeah. I thought it was like, Oh, you know, what's, what's the 17 U team doing here? But um, yeah, Caleb 10 threw well for them. Um, Noah Kubu really swung the bat well. Um, you know, they've, they've got some guys up and down that lineup that were really, really fun to watch. Jay Souza had one of my favorite left-handed swings. 
um, you know, just a like a tall, lean, slender athlete that really projects there. Uh, a fun group, man. They they always come down and and they when they leave. It's like, man, I'm gonna miss watching those guys. Really look forward to seeing them, um, seeing them in the event uh, for sure. But uh, let's switch gears here and go to another team that that made it pretty deep. The Doolin's Dodgers. Um, and I'm, I'm going to start on the mound with, with one of their guys. So I got a chance to see an extended outing was Jonathan Van Erden, uh, ended up striking out nine guys across six innings, um, just gave up one earned run. Uh, there's a lot to like about the way the arm worked. Uh, he was up to 89 miles an hour with the fastball. Um, he threw, I couldn't tell if it was like a sinker, kind of like a, a split change type of pitch as well. They kind of showed to lefties, uh, but just one of many arms, that stood out that's got a chance, I think, to develop into a, into a D one prospect. I know there were some college coaches getting a look at him that were, that were certainly intrigued as well, but uh, I know they had a catcher that you liked. We talked about catchers earlier on uh, just catching a ton of innings and doing it with energy uh, and standing out the way that that is a way that you can stand out when you play in these events. Yeah. Josiah Mackey from spring Hill um, really, really impressed me. Um, He was, I'm trying to pull up their numbers because he, I felt like every time I turned around, he was on base Mm -hmm. and you can't miss him because he's got the hair. He's a hair guy, hair guy for Um, sure. Yeah. He, he he was impressive the way he handled the pitching. Um, I just, I just really liked the way he did his thing. Um, Trying to pull up and see if he caught every inning because he caught every inning i saw i didn't see every one of their games but he was he was back yeah he caught every single inning for the tournament (laughs) according to game changer (laughs) yeah and that it was it was really impressive i mean you know big physical guy like you said you you can't miss him because of the hair but the way he plays the game is is really really fun to watch um you know he he's he just has that personality um he hit 333 for the tournament only two strikeouts and 20 plate appearances. So uh, like I said, he was on base a lot Uh, fun to watch just because you can tell he has that mentality that you want in a catcher, just kind of feel like he has command of what's going on in the field and just kind of an emotional, you know, leader and guy out there that really wants to be there and, and, and help lead the team. Um, Another guy saw, um, Kid, I'm going to be excited to see as he continues to grow. Shortstop from Allen, uh, Tate Green, um, saw him hit a double, um, and he's going to have a chance as he fills out to be a good player at the next level. I think so. But I'm trying to see. Let's see. Uh, Kyle Branch played, I think, only in one game. Yeah. Um, but we've seen him a lot, and we know what yeah. he can do. Yeah, Zach Henderson had a really productive uh, event for them. Uh, one of the hitters that caught my attention. Uh, another group that, that was pretty physical, you know, walking through there as I was kind of looking up at some guys. I mean, I'm not the tallest guy in the world at five foot ten, but, um, you know, another group that they took the field. It's like, OK, yeah, you've got my attention with with uh, with the talent level and how things look physically for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that same bracket, I mean, we're we're going to kind of run through teams now that we've gone through the the. Um, the teams that, that made it to the, you know, the kind of the final bracket championships and the final four and the, and stuff like that. So again, we're not going to be able to mention um, everybody because we'd be here all day long, but just kind of running through some guys here as we look through the whiz, but that Waco storm team that played in that same bracket as Dolan's Dodgers, 
They had a big pitcher named Cameron Johnson, big right-hander, was throwing 87 miles an hour, just bowling balls. I mean, it was 9 a.m. start with the wood bat. I can't imagine showing up and facing the six foot five guy throwing sinkers like that. And his Shot slider really, yeah, his slider really flashed too. Um, as a short pitch. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that hasn't yet grown into his body yet, but you know, repeated his delivery enough to throw a bunch of innings. Um, he, he caught my attention for sure. I think he's going to be a chance. I have a chance to be a guy that, uh, that gets some college attention, but, uh, I know you spent some time watching that Patriots group, uh, in, uh, their, their shortstop is, uh, is a dude. Yeah. Wyatt Sanford. That was my first time to see him live and there's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> um, he get he's super athletic. Um, he moves the right way. Good arm. The body projects. Um, you know, he he just got a lot of outstanding tools and and already knows what he's doing with them. So he's a guy that huge get for AM. Um, he's gonna be a guy in that class that we're gonna talk about a lot. He's mm-hmm. gonna be up towards the top of all kinds of lists moving oh, yeah. forward and and it was fun to get my first look at him. Pearson Reebok was on that team as well. Um, he, he had a he had a decent tournament. Uh, I know he'd taken some time off after the the run that they that Rockwall went on in the playoffs, um, but got his bat speed back as the event wore wore on. And you know he he's he's always fun to watch because I know he I know what he's doing or I know he knows what he's doing and he can talk about his swing and tell you what he's looking for and all kinds of stuff. So um, it'll be Deciding to watch him grow up over the next few years. Yeah. Looking at this, the this was the bracket of death. Looking yeah. at all these teams in here. I mean, you had the DFW Twins. Um, yep. Ryan you know, Jones. Ryan Jones, uh, a guy from with left-handed swing, uh, physical hitter. Uh, he he caught my attention. That was a, that, they, I was impressed with them. They they are they're physical too, man. Yeah, what, man. Well, it blows uh, me away that these guys are. That in this event, we're all freshmen and sophomores. I can't believe it. Like, I don't feel like that's been the norm. You know, I, I, I looked at some of those rosters. Like, they looked like 17U Mattingly type rosters physically. Uh, Charlie Anderson, left-handed hitter at the – kind of hitting at the top of the order for those guys. Um, and then on the mound for the DFW Twins, uh, Jackson Burns struck out 10 guys across six and two-thirds innings. There's a lot of projection there. Uh, he's yeah. probably about 6'3", maybe 6'4". Uh, but you see the way the arm works. You see the way the fastball comes out. Um, he was up to, I think, 84, 85 miles an hour. But there's there's way more in the tank that's coming down the road. I think that's a guy um, to keep an eye on for sure. But, man, just going down the list of teams in that in that, uh, in that Yankees bracket, uh, I'm a, I like the Houston Heat team. I've seen them. I saw them at Sam Houston. Um, Austin Dozold's a left-handed pitcher. Really projects on the mound. He's, I think he's about 6'1, 6'2 right now. High waist, big feet. I mean, he's going to grow. And it's a clean, quick arm from the left side. Um, Dawson Park is a guy that catches my eye every time I see them play. Braden Scherzer is a guy from the left side uh, that puts the ball in play hard. Um, they really competed well. But um, that was a that was a tough, tough Yankees bracket um, for sure. But as we're bouncing around here, um, let's see. And one, one team that I wanted to talk about some was that Texas Senators team. Yes, um, yes. But to another 2025 group that really competed and showed well. Um, Will Hill, who I know you've seen. Um, he's gotten from, bigger uh, since I've seen him, too. I walked by him. He shot, he's two inches taller than I am now. He's got some tools. 
Oh yeah. He can really run. He plays hard. He's really fun to watch. Um, Ed small is on that team. Um, physical Texas commit. Um, man, they had, they, they had a bunch of really physical kids, uh, that were impressive. Uh, Cooper Rummel was really, really good. Um, he really stood out. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that he got on the mound and you start hearing some buzz throughout the complex and, people start migrating that way to watch him mm-hmm. pitch. Uh, but big time arm uh, from dripping Springs. Um, he's going to be a big time player in that class. Um, coach teams coached by Nick DeSantiago, who actually played at Texas when I was there. But um, yeah, that team is, that team's got a chance. They got some good young players. Um, and like I said, they, they held their own in a, in a older event. So that's always, that's always intriguing when you're able to do that. Um mm-hmm kind of flipping through my notes on them real quick, but yeah, they were, they were definitely um, worth getting over to see. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh. And they, yeah, the Will Hill kid. And I, I, I had FOMO missing out on, on Rummel. Um, I saw his team in high school a couple of times and, and didn't time it to where I got to see him on the mound, but um, that Lubbock, uh, Lubbock baseball Academy deck team. Um, they had some arms, man. Brooks Robertson. Yeah. He's stud really threw the ball well uh, breaking ball gate just the way it looks like is kind of he kind of creates like this overhand look um and the way the breaking ball came out of there really gave hitters some problems he, he's he's a projection guy too he's tall you can tell he's going to fill out um Bryce LeBlanc threw the ball really well for them ended up punching out 12 guys across six innings um this was a, another big group too I remember watching them play five star and one of the, I think the first, those two teams respect the first game in their bracket and a lot of big, tall guys on the field um, from both of those teams that, that caught my attention. Um, Logan Addison swung the bat well for them. A guy that I, I wrote down um, just, just a fun team to watch. And um, man, if you're a, um, if you're like Texas tech or, or an Abilene Christian or some of those Oklahoma schools or even, you know, New Mexico and stuff like that. I, I think I would spend some time around that group, um, keeping an eye on them because uh, they, they've certainly got some talent for sure. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, trying to go through my notes. The other one other guy, uh, Ethan Kroll from Team Colorado. At D- oh, yeah. Mid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, like go pull up a clip of him if you haven't seen it, because it is impressive um he is he has a big big future ahead of him um but yeah those are i think that about covers my notes um like i said there's there's plenty more um ton more and again i'm i'm right i'm in the process of writing up i was up way too late last night i you, you get into a writing mode and i mean you know it like if you if you share the house with a toddler uh it, it takes a little time to get into your right productive mindset. And that time is often when they're asleep. Uh, so I I'm, I'm writing up a ton of notes um, from the event and, and really mentioning a ton of players that um, kind of going through my pages of a legal pad, but uh, a couple other guys, I think you got some eyes on Ty Briscoe. Um, I, I didn't realize he was a 2025 um, Arkansas commit lifting at pitcher. I mean, you can see the upside there. Did he kind of scattered it a little bit, uh, but you just the way the arm worked, the way the fastball came out and the curveball, um, he's got a chance. Ridge Morgan, 
a Westwood guy, which is my neck of the woods. I'd seen Westwood a couple of times, but again, I just, I didn't see them when he pitched Man, it, it was worth getting some eyes and hit on the mound. He was up to 90 miles an hour, um, had some sinking heavy life to the fastball, commanded it to both sides of the plate um, slider. He the first pitch he threw in the game was a slider for a strike. You don't often see pit, young pitchers come out there and the first pitch of the game is, I'm not going to let you try to ambush me, even though I throw 90 miles an hour. Here's an 82 mile an hour <laughs> slider uh, to this to this mess with you a little bit. Um, he he kind of manipulated the shape of his breaking ball a little bit. He also snapped off a curveball at one point at 76. It was kind of slurvy at times, but he threw one that was really good. Um, showed a changeup as well. Two way talent. He swung the bat well for Westwood. He actually swung the bat well in this this event as well. But I really liked his upside on the mound. Um, for sure. Um, another guy that threw the ball really well for the, the Texas Angels uh, 2024 Lipson. Uh, they had a really great um, Pudge World Classic. They got deep into the tournament, really played well. And Brady Clark, man, I, I think that was the first pitcher I saw when I, I got to Melissa. Uh, he ended up striking out 16 guys over seven innings. And um, you look at him as kind of an unassuming guy physically, a high-waisted guy, but it's a short, smaller frame right now. He's going to project. He hasn't came close to hitting that growth spurt yet, but you watched the way the arm works. It was quick. I mean, it was kind of yeah. long in the back, but the way it worked out front was really good. The ball just had some zip coming out of the hand. He's just up to 88 miles an hour and it had some arm side life to it. Um, he threw a sharp breaking ball, just, you know, threw it for a strike, buried it sometimes as well. Uh, I, I think his first outing was a six inning start where he struck out 14 guys. Um, and we've talked about catchers on here. Um, shout yeah. out to Caden Roy. Yeah, Caden Roy, man, uh, watching him work, the way he received the ball, his transfers, staying out pop times, uh, just a, a, a maybe the best receiving catcher that I saw. Again, I didn't see all of them. I didn't sit on everybody for an entire game, but um, he certainly caught my eye with the work he did behind the plate. Yeah, well, another and another arm from that Angels team was Ty Briscoe, um, mm -hmm. the the 2025 Arkansas commit. Um, he is electric. The stuff is really, really good. Um, I think a little, a couple balls got away from him, but man, when it, when he snaps off the breaking ball and when he's down in the zone, it is tough to hit. Yeah. Um, so as he continues to, um, progress and throw more strikes, like, I mean, he's already dominant. Um, but you can see him being a guy that's going to be talked about pretty heavily, um when it comes to draft stuff when that time comes around yeah yeah he's got a chance in that guard for uh, regard for sure and speaking of guys that are going to have a chance um another team that's really big and physical that okay fuel 2024 brooks team uh vanderbilt commitment owen hall ranking a pitcher was up to 92 uh that's going to be a major guy to track but i really liked cash ferris he reminded me a lot of noah bentley um who it's funny they're both quarterbacks and you can see that athleticism on the mound, that quick, loose arm. Um, Ferris, I believe, is uncommitted. Struck out 10 guys, only get, didn't give up an earned run in six innings. Uh, there's a lot to like there about the three-pitch mix. who's up to 86. There's more in the tank. That was a fun team to watch. One of my favorite hitters to watch, left-handed hitter Drake Fitrow. Um, hit 600, just great barrel control, um, short swing, gets the barrel to where he wants it. Um, really had a strong event there. Uh, but they had some Deacon Freeze stood out. Um, 
and then it was Oklahoma State commit. I, I need to find my notes, but uh, might have been Braylon Brooks, but uh, played with just his hair on fire. Just a very, very competitive player um, that's got a lot of upside for sure. But um, another team that that stood out there. But yeah, when you have <laughs> when you have forty eight of the best um, best teams from around the region, um, you're gonna have a lot of standout guys. The Kane Southwest Hearn team, Tobin Echief two-way guy, but he was up to 88 miles an hour on the mound, six foot four, six foot five. I mean, he, he's a projection guy, uh, threw an 80 to 82 mile an hour cutter for strikes, showed a change up as well. Really interesting guy, um, to bet on with, with his, uh, with his upside long-term. Um, and I didn't get to see this guy pitch, but I know Tristan Rudwick has been turning some heads uh, with his velocity, his performance. Both those guys pitched at Davenport for a program. Uh, I didn't really know much about for New Braunfels, but they had a really standout season, um, there and they're kind of carrying it into the summer as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a long list. We didn't even get to guys like Sawyer Farr um, from the Dallas Tigers, Tigers Bergman. Uh, it's uh, there, there's <laughs> the, the amount of dudes on this list are endless. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was an impressive event and just like clockwork, we'll go back to it and have another one just like it this week. So yeah, between yeah. this week and then the Mattingly coming up, I mean, it's, it's, it's good stuff because there's never a shortage of baseball and never a shortage of really good baseball on top of that. Yeah, so. yeah, no no shortage at all. And shout out to Sam Coleman from uh, Clutch Sports Academy. My man hit for the cycle. Uh, had some real bat speed from the right side. Uh, created one of our best highlight reels from the event. Uh, you know, when you get fe- featured on the main page, it, you're Mr. Big Time. And uh, Sam Coleman spent some time on the main page with this performance. And Hank Bowers is a guy that um, that caught my attention as well, but yeah, I mean, just an endless amount of names. Again, we're going to have some scout notes from this event. Um, we're, we've, we've, I feel like we've mentioned a hundred guys already, but really, really fun event. We really appreciate all the teams, um, that came out and, and, uh, and, and performed and competed, um, and really got after it, uh, to create what's, uh, what's definitely one of the highlights of our summer. And, uh, I think a real destination event for, for 16 year teams, around the region. It's uh, it's only going to get better uh, for sure. So um, you got any last parting shots from, from the event? I've, I've got some uh, Texas high school uh, all-star notes to, to close us out, but um, any, any final pudge thoughts before you, uh, you head out to Melissa for, for the next installment? No, uh, just a shout out to the guys, the award winners from the group. Um, it was tough, Mike. It was tough to pick the winners, but uh, AJ DePaulo with the catcher, Matt Scott as the uh, offensive MVP, Jackson Rickard as the overall MVP, and um, Marcos Paz as the most valuable pitcher. So it was, you know, that's a pretty star-studded group. And when you can, you know, have those guys playing in the championship game, it's a, it, it says a lot about the talent that are, that's out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty cool too. To uh, you know, the NBA program, they had a green and a navy team there. I. I yeah. liked watching them compete. Um, yep. They really performed well. It's it's really fun for for us to see some of these out of state programs that not from like Oklahoma, Louisiana, like from out out of state, you know, come down and participate right. and uh, like the way they're coached, like the way they got after it. Um, enjoyed watching those guys. Uh, it, it's fun to see those. Um, we really go like hope that those guys come here and enjoy their per- experience. And it's something they kind of talked about. It seems like they really did. And they should have, they, they performed well um, against some really, really good competition there. But uh, before we get out of here, some, some uh, all-star game notes, you know, I was, I was joking with you. I was like, well, I'm going to sneak out and, 
um, you know, hopefully get a little time away um, from, from the toddler because my wife obviously can't move around very well right now, and especially chase him around. But um, I heard Griffin Herring was throwing the first couple innings at this all-star event. And I was like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go see that. Uh, and it was really, really good. Uh, it was up to 94 fastball, 91, 93 had some life to it. Slider was really sharp around 86, 87 through two perfect innings, three strikeouts, uh, struck out Casey Wells, who we know he can hit, struck out Jace Lavallette, who we know he can hit. Uh, it was a really strong performance by him. Uh, just had a fantastic finish to his senior season um, at South Lake Carroll. But Charles Shane's day out, he was doing his thing. I've stood out there. Um, Jalen Flores was at the MLB Draft Combine stuff in San Diego. And it just impresses me like when guys – go out there. They're there for days. They're going through all those rigors. And, and that's got to be a little bit mentally draining too, because yeah. you know that there are scouting directors, maybe even GMs. Like there are a lot of high-end evaluators that are out that event. And you're kind of going through the, you know, all the tools and playing the game and everything else. And um, I don't know when he got back, but it was a few days prior to the event. He gets back no hesitation comes out and plays in this all-star game as well. There he is bounced around the field, great energy, made all the plays defensively, um, had, had a really impressive uh, turn at second base on a double play, kind of showing his arm and his quick transfers there. It's just, I always like seeing like guys are just like, you know, it'd been very, very easy to say, man, I'm tired. What, what do I have to prove? You know, <laughs> like if anything, you might have advisors telling you, Hey man, don't go play and stuff like this. You know, you're set, like your, your talent is established, but um, that sort of stuff really catches my attention. I got to see your guy Tate Evans. Yeah, as yeah, advertised. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did because that is legit. As advertised, is, uh, yeah. the changeup was was so good that um, uh, his catcher had problems catching it. I mean, it was that good of a changeup. So I uh, was really impressed with him. Uh, just running through a couple other guys here as we wrap up. Jane Duplanche. Every time I see this guy, he's better. He got 91 mile hour fastball and just turned it around and ripped a double down the left field line, walked in the other bat. Um, I think his arrow continues to point up. Zane Petty, who's going to Texas Tech, was up to 92 miles an hour. Really quick arm. He's got some projection there. And then Rocco Garza Gangora, he's a hitter. Some guys, he had some Jared Thomas about him, like the way he tracks pitches, the way he swings, the way he covers the plate. Jared Thomas was there as well. Um, He's a hitter. I think that that guy's got a chance to be a standout hitter for Oklahoma. And then Connor Binge, I didn't really know a whole lot about him. He had a great season at Montgomery. Um, he's going to uh, LSU E, the one that starts with the E. Is it Euclid or something like that? Uh, he was up to 93 miles an hour with an 80-mile-an-hour curveball. Eunice. Uh, Eunice, LSU that's what it is. Eunice. Yeah, LSU Eunice. Um, he caught my eye as well. So, uh, well, I think we've set a record for players mentioned in a single podcast today, and I, I feel like uh, uh, we could have spent another hour mentioning a bunch more from the Pudge. But um, there we go. Knocked out the the Pudge pod. Um, we we had a couple of people find us in, at Melissa and, and that were listeners, and we really appreciate when we get the feedback and uh, from those of you out there that are tuning in. And uh, oh, speaking of, I we didn't mention the Off Speed team, and I watched them a few times. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of their arms because um, it was the Andrew Ramos kid, two way guy had a great event with the bat, but. 
he was a dude on the mound. I mean, he was up to 89 miles an hour, strong stuff. I mean, it was bat missing stuff. He faced that Texas 12 Maroon team. I mean, he was racking up the whiffs against a really, really good lineup that we've spent a lot of time talking about. Uh, punched out 10 guys across five innings. Uh, five uh, innings, didn't give up an earned run. He is a, a major intriguing arm in the 2024 class. And then Hagen Shedd, uh, it's got a cough for a second. He's talking so much, I'm losing my voice. Uh, Hagen Shed, uh, intriguing two-way guy. Um, had some really standout moments defensively at shortstop. Um, had some bat speed from the right side as well. Um, was up to 86 miles an hour. Kind of a unique lower slot. Create some life with it. I think he's going to be a guy to really fall in this class as well. But uh, wanted to make sure I mentioned those guys because I thought they really, really played well. Um, lost a couple of really tight, close games against some good teams, which I know is uh, is frustrating. But I think those guys really showed well, and they should be proud of the way they competed out there. But, uh, well, the next time we record, I might uh, might have a second child. So uh, bear with us. Uh, we, we've got a lot going on, um, a lot of baseball. Uh, not a broad problem, bad problem to have, but we're at fields a lot, seeing games and stuff like that. And and, and riding up and, and doing everything else. So uh, it, it might be a little while until we knock another one of these out. So I'm glad that we got the time to uh, to crush a bunch of these names that stood out the pudge. Uh, but make sure you go to, like, if you miss any of our coverage, go to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, there's endless amount of pudge coverage. Um, and now it's going to turn into the Bregman coverage as well. So our, our video team, led by Jeff and those guys, do just a great job. Um, if you stand out at these events, um, you're going to get the coverage for sure. Yeah, no doubt that we, we wouldn't be able to do all the stuff we do without those guys. And no chance. a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people working hard behind the scenes to put on events like this. Um, you know, the people scheduling umpires, scheduling fields, you know, driving pocket radars around. It's, it's a yeah. team effort that goes yeah. into all these stuff. Yeah. It's not as easy as showing up and handing the umpires and baseballs. There's a lot that goes into us behind the scenes. The guys like Ryan Brewer and Linda Van Lanningham and Brooks Van Lanningham working behind the scenes from the operations standpoint, scheduling, uh, making sure everything runs smoothly. It's just a, a total team effort and a lot of uh, a lot of good people doing a lot of good work um, because they love the game and they love seeing guys get an opportunity to go out and and, and stand out and hopefully see in the game and stuff like that. So, uh, well, thanks for tuning in and listening to episode episode 70. Uh, we've talked to your ear off long enough. Um, you can follow the podcast at five tool pod, both on Twitter um, and Instagram. Um, so for Drew Bishop, I'm Dustin McComas. Uh, until we talk to y'all next time, have a good week. Uh, stay cool and take care.